0: So yeah, so basically, melasma
1: is a form of hyperpigmentation. Welcome to Curing Confusion by Beauty Unknowns. We're a female-founded startup, and our team spans different ages, backgrounds, and skin types. But we all share the same concern, a shelf full of skincare products and no real results. This show is all about what products you should be using, why you should use them, and how to simplify your own skincare routine to achieve real, measurable results. So here's to curing cosmetic confusion, rooted in science straight from the experts. Let's get to it. Dr. Kula is a dermatology resident in New York City. She has completed a joint MD-PhD program between SUNY Downstate Medical Center and the College of Nanoscale Science and Engineering at SUNY Albany. She is also a member of the Derm in Review Advisory Committee. Some of her dermatologic interests include, but are not limited to, dermatologic surgery, skin of color, and advocating for increased diversity in the field of dermatology. Dr. Cool is extremely active on Instagram, which is how we connected. She also has an IG Live series, so be sure to follow her and stay up to date with that. So today we'll be talking about all things hyperpigmentation. So welcome and thank you for joining us. No, thank you for having me.
0: I'm so excited to answer all the questions that you guys have because like, even for me when I was growing up, I'm trying to navigate the skincare world. There was a lot of misinformation um, out there. So I just wanted to bring like the real facts to the uh, public and have them make the decision in terms of choosing the right skincare product for them.
1: Yeah, exactly. Cutting through that noise and getting people the advice that they need. <laughs> <laughs> so tonight for all of our viewers, we're gonna take things into three major segments. The first one is we're gonna talk about what hyperpigmentation is. Dr. Kula is going to give us the details, how you can self-identify or be kind of self-aware about the condition. And then we're going to move into the second segment, which is going to be solutions oriented, right? The products that you should have, the ingredients you should look for, um, and things such as that. And then the last segment, will take your questions. Dr. Kula, take it away and kind of start off telling us why you are an expert in this area and really what is the basic definition of hyperpigmentation?
0: I see a lot of hyperpigmentation by the nature of where um, most of our clinics are. Um, So I feel like hyperpigmentation is used outside of the dermal community to describe any change in color in your skin. So that is darker than what your original skin color is so usually that's um, what it means and when the patient comes in for us for the dermatologist um, it could mean many things um, mm-hmm. so that's why when i see on my charts coming in and the patient's chief complaint which is like the reason why they're coming to see me is hyperpigmentation so i have to take a step back to see what i'm going to see when that patient walk in because it can be many things it could be um maybe there was some an insult to their skin Um, when you talk about acne patients, when they come in for post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, it means like there was an insult to the skin and uh, where there was inflammation in that skin. And what I'm seeing is the footprint of that inflammation that's manifesting as the dark spot in the skin that as hyperpigmentation. Or it could mean that they come in for patches, what so they have on both cheeks. So usually um, they are talking. We're talking melasma. So it could mean different things, um, but um, the standard definition is any area of your skin that is darker than your original skin color.
1: Okay, and can that happen at any place in the body? Are there places that are more common than others?
0: So it can happen anywhere in the body. So that's usually uh, what I mean, um, that we have to step back and see what's causing the hyperpigmentation. Um, so anywhere in your body, but there are certain um, diseases that are or skin disorder that are most specific to certain area of the skin. So that's when the dermatologists come in and when the patient come in with a chief complaint, which has hyperpigmentation, we have to see where the hyperpigmentation is, what other um, lesion that we see on the skin that can... Um, guide us as to what's causing the hyperpigmentation as well as where the um, hyperpigmentation is.
1: I was reading an article that said because the skin around your eyes are is so thin that that could be a common area.
0: Yes, um, that is a very common area, and that's why sometimes when the patient comes in is also like with dark circles. So there are multiple things that can cause um, the dark circles. Um, sometimes it could be like because they have the blood vessels on their skin is too close to the skin, so then when the light reflects it, um, it's because it's so close, it's manifesting at dark circles. Sometimes it could be a patient who have eczema and one of the manifestation. Um, of eczema, like you can have like periorbital hyperpigmentation, which is due to like the chronic inflammation in the skin. So yes, it can happen almost anywhere. It's just like a matter of like whenever you have something on your skin, just see a skin expert that can help you uh, manage to it.
1: That's Mm -hmm. great advice. So you kind of answered this already, but tips for being self-aware. So basically any discoloration is a trigger that something's off. Are there any other tips you can give to help them maybe know if this is something they have. So, yeah, so basically the
0: biggest um, risk factors will hyperpigmentation or skin discoloration is um, sun exposure or um, uh, inflammation in the skin, which I already mentioned. So with sun exposure, that's something that everyone on this planet is exposed to. As long as you leave your house or have your window window in your house, you're going to have some form of sun exposure. So these are when I always counsel my patient when they come in um, with sunscreen. Usually my visit, I'll take like 15 minutes to make sure that my patient will leave my office wanting um, to use sunscreen because that's a really big part of the management. So that would be my first two things is just like, Pay attention to um, how much exposure you uh, have to the sun. Make sure you have the appropriate protection when you do go outside. And then, um, like you said, if you see any change in the color of your skin, that is darker these are like things that you monitor and then you can come in and we'll uh, get it checked.
1: Um, how about specific advice for patients with skin of color that could be dealing with this condition?
0: Oh yeah, I'm glad you brought it up. So I didn't mention that. So usually hyperpigmentation we see um, in patient of color. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, those are the people that unfortunately, um, is affected the most, um, by this. And one of the my most important, um, advice for patients dealing with hyperpigmentation and I'm dealing with it right now, cause I have hyperpigmentation from the past near my chin right now is sunscreen and I know a lot of patients they don't like to use people of color don't like to use sunscreen um, because like when you look at a sunscreen we're technically invented for us for our skin type so now we better formulation we have better formulation that when we put it on we don't have a white cast on our screen I can treat whatever most likely whatever you have but if you do hyperpigmentation one thing that is key in managing it is sunscreen so I always give them optional sunscreen I'm like the cat which sunscreen do you want to wear um, because if you're not going to wear it we're not going to get full off.
1: and I know a little later in our conversation we'll talk about which sunscreen you recommend mm-hmm. but I have another question about I feel like it's kind of a hot topic blue light we keep hearing it because we're working from home we're in front of the screen whatever do you think that blue light contributes to hyperpigmentation as well?
0: So it depends um, so like with data there's some data to suggest that um, a blue light can affect the skin, but usually it's like for patients who have melasma um, that we usually worry about it. And that's why those patients, we usually recommend that whatever sunscreen they use um, should have iron oxide, which is um, a compound that's once in the sunscreen to give you better blue light coverage than the other physical blockers like titanium and, um, and zinc oxide. So yeah, so basically, melasma is a form of hyperpigmentation. We don't really know what would happen. And one of the biggest culprit for melasma is actually um, UV light. So we think that's why um, the trigger for it most likely is, but we don't really know. And also we can't discount for genetic predisposition. Cause for example, in my family, like 50% of the women have melasma. So that's like one thing that I'm really scared that I might get. And usually in in them, it, can, it comes after pregnancy. So that's one of the things that I'm very worried about by the time I get to that. Um, Step of my life, so <laughs> so, um, and there may be a vascular component to melasma that we're not sure about. So it's basically multifactorial. So there's a genetic component, the possible UV trigger, but it's a form of hyperpigmentation that has its own specific name, manifestation, and is treated differently from other hyperpigmented disorders.
1: Thank you. Yeah, that's helpful to distinguish between the two. I feel like we covered a good range of definitions, how to be self-aware. Let's talk about solutions and begin with ingredients. What are some ingredients you should look for in your products to assist?
0: All right, so the first thing, like I mentioned, um, you should make sure you have some protection. Because if you're not going to do the sun protection, I promise you, you can use everything else that I'm going to mention and your hyperpigmentation is not going to get better. After sun protection, then um, we usually, there are certain stuff. I'm just going to discuss over-the-counter medication because sure. I feel like, the available uh, prescription medication, that's something you can discuss with your dermatologist. But when you're thinking about your skincare routine, there are a few um, skincare ingredients that actually really great um, to help you fight hyperpigmentation or oxidation on your skin. And some of them are antioxidant. And one of the best things that I like um, is vitamin C. Um, you can incorporate that in your daily skincare routine. And um, so, my favorite is um, Concerco, but that's a little... Spicy. Um and also some people tend to not like the smell, but it probably is the best vitamin C serum that you that there is out there. So my bottle is currently kind of finished, so I have one. So my next um, best thing is the Vichy vitamin C serum, and they come as these um, little ampules, and it's really good um, when because packaging it this way because vitamin C is like very unstable. So mm-hmm. you, when you open this bottle, you're only using that volume. So you, the rest of the product is not getting um, oxidized, exposed to the air and can get uh, oxidized. Um, So that's why I like this. And this one is way cheaper than the Cynescritical. So if you are new to um, skincare routine, this is something that I would recommend um, getting if you are talking vitamin C. The other thing is azelaic acid. I really love that one. And over the counter, uh, The Ordinary is a really good one that you can use. And um, so that's another skincare ingredient that I would consider adding. Um, then you have niacinamide. These are all very good, also all mm-hmm. over the counter. And then now there is topical tranexamic acid is an option. So you can use it because right now, the data that we have are for the whole form and for some patient it works um, in melasma patient for some of the patients. Then you can do um, chemical exfoliation. So we're talking about the alpha hydroxy acid. So a, a small glycolic you can do that also yeah that's pretty much if you oh, i'm thinking in terms of over-the-counter things is all the thing that you can include in your skincare regimen Fine, vitamin c azelaic acid tranexamic acid alpha hydroxy acid and um, another if you're the one you can do kojic acid also that's another one
1: i'm glad you summarized this. i always get a attempt <laughs> too but i want to miss one yeah and it's really interesting about the vitamin c um <laughs> I don't know what you called it, but like almost the single servings, because it also kind of helps you know how much to use. So
0: yeah, so usually, um, so I like it because vitamin C is really unstable. So once you open the bottle, the shelf life of it um, goes right. down over time. So when they package it this way, so if you open this one, so usually you get two to three use out of this out of each one of them. So. Um, That way the rest of the product is not open to the air and oxidized. The only thing is that it can get messy with this,
1: with pouring it out, but then um, it works fine. That's good to know. So can you talk a little bit more about the chemical exfoliants? In
0: terms of like chemical um, exfoliant, like usually talking about chemical pills and usually um, the higher pills are done in office because of the complication that can happen, um, which makes sense that it should be performed by a professional. But um, over the counter, you can get low percentile, um, like for except for glycolic acid in the lower, in less than 10, seven to ten percent range. That's okay. Um, so when you were to come to, if you were to come to um, a dermatologist office, options that we have are also glycolic acid, which is like a very good chemical pill. And when you're talking skin of color, you we usually say in the less than forty percent to thirty to. 40. range, but some people can go as far as 50%, but then again, this formulation are all patient-dependent. Then you can also try a salicylic acid pill, also that's something that we can offer. Yeah, it's usually glycolic salicylic acid, and there are some combination pills, but again, it depends on the office.
1: So now on the contrary, are there ingredients that you should avoid using or not so much? So anything that could trigger a reaction or worsen in the hyperpigmentation?
0: So what I usually recommend against is not experiment experimenting on your skin. So we are all, every day there is something new coming out and patients, uh, patient, including myself, <laughs> want to try out all those um, um, skincare products that are coming out. So you don't know which one you can be allergic to, and it doesn't have to be, um, it could be like a new soap, a new moisturizer. So usually, um, I usually tell patients to try not to limit the skincare product that they put on their skin because we don't know what they can be allergic to. And if you do wanna try something, because we're all human and we probably will try something, wanna do it, just put it in a small area of your skin um, so that you can see what happens and um, if you don't have any reaction to it then you can go ahead and try it out and usually i recommend against scented products because they have a lot of um, the compound that we most likely could be allergic to so i usually um, advise against those the main important thing is to be careful what you spend on your skin especially if you are an eczema patient where your skin is actually very sensitive so then um, you should most likely know or your triggers so avoid those triggers if you can possibly can and then also limit basically limit what you put on your skin and if you are going to do it just do a small test on a small area of your skin not your face (laughs) somewhere (laughs) where you if you have hyperpigmentation and we can't treat it it won't bother you that much
1: So, you know, patch test before using, don't experiment with too many new things and keep the mm-hmm. routine simple. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about your routine. Um, and for our viewers listening, if you're new here, beautyandones.com has Dr. Kula's routine listed with a few descriptions, some personalized recommendations. So Dr. Kula, walk us through some of the products you use daily. So for me, um, my skin is ultra sensitive.
0: And um, so I try to have a really um, gentle regimen. And I also am very cost-conscious. I don't think you need to spend $500 for skincare skincare routine. So I tend to look at what I'm buying. So my skin type is like a combination with some sensitive component to it. it. So to wash my face, I love CeraVe products. So currently um, I'm using the CeraVe um, cream to foam. Um, cleanser and um, I love that it's gentle on my on, on my on my face and also I can't use a fully hydrating cleanser because I I like the foaming component of the cleanser so whatever I use it's going to be something foamy so that's just my preference um, but I always make sure that it goes with my skin type um, so after I wash my face um, then I put on my, my, my vitamin C serum because I'm very prone to hyperpigmentation and I navigate between two C Serum, either the Concytical Serum or the Vichy that I'm currently using. So after I put that on, then I put on my my moisturizer. And the moisturizer that I'm using right now is the Roche posay Double Thorium Moisturizer, which is very gentle. It's all free. Yeah, exactly. It's all free. And it also comes in Niacinamide, Also in that in that um product so I use it, which is good for also reducing like um sebum production. So I love I love that. And then after that I put on my sunscreen and um for me this is the sunscreen that works for me and um it's um isden and it's a tinted sunscreen and it doesn't give me a white cast, so I love that because I cannot wear sunscreen and have go white cast. So I love, that's what I wear. And I feel like also for skin of color patient, unfortunately, like you may have to invest in your sunscreen um, because um, a lot of the options that if you're trying to avoid the white cast are a little bit more pricey. So you're looking at 230 to 60. Um, dollar range, so um, that's like me. I don't, I can't have the cast. so that's why I use it and I love it. And you also have like an enzyme called photolyze that also helps fight oxidative damage on your skin.
1: Thank you. Yeah, I I really appreciate your sensitive sensitivity to cost and knowing where to invest and maybe where um, drugstore products can really serve the same purpose as those expensive ones. So that's why I always tell
0: my, my patients don't spend a lot of money on a cleanser because a cleanser should not be too expensive. The two things that you should invest in, if you are not skin of color, then it should be like your serums. So make sure you have a very good serum. That's one thing that you should invest in. And usually a very good sunscreen for patients patient uh, who are not skin of color. Patients, uh, occasion patient type, um, they can get good sunscreen without paying a lot of money um, for it. But if you're a skin of color, you're gonna to have to invest in two things. It's gonna be your serums, as well as your um, sunscreen, if because you're trying to avoid having that cast.
1: That's great, serums and sunscreen. <laughs> <Excellent>. <laughs> so let's move into the last portion of our live this evening, which is audience questions. But I did see one that asked for melasma specific treatments. Dr. Kula, if you have any advice there.
0: Yes, I do. So, um, so for melanoma treatment, um, there are in arms um, things that we can prescribe. Um, so we have hydroquinone, which is um, um, known as a bleaching cream because that actually what is that what it does. But when used inappropriately, have very bicella- bad set of side effects so i usually don't recommend this because there are some countries you can get it over the counter in the in the u.s of uh, the higher percentage is something that we have to prescribe and but over the counter there are some products that do have the two percent so i just want to warn about using those products so if you are going to use it um i see like some patient they do the spot treatment because they think i have a black spot here so i'm going to Treat right here uh, which is okay as long as you know how you're using but also just know it's usually better if you do like over if you do it over, over your whole face because you want to even out your skin tone oh. so you don't want to like patch treat that one spot unless your dermatologist tell you to because they have time when we tell you to do it that way but if you're using it on your own i recommend like do not use hydroquinone get a dermatologist because we'll tell you how to use it to avoid side effects main side effect that a lot of patients are not aware of because they see that oh i'm using it that area is getting lighter so they get addicted to it and they keep using it because they don't know when to stop and one of the main complications for hydroquinone is that the area that you're using it it can make that spot darker and when it makes it darker it's a condition called ochronosis and that there's really not much we can do about it if you come come in with that so that's why i really recommend being really careful with using prescription medication that are available over the counter. Um, so now there is like a new medication called um, Cysteamine. That one also works um, really well. Um, so these are like the two main medication um, prescription medication that you can use. And then there's a third one called Triluma, which is a combination of the hydroquinone, a steroid and a retinoid. So those are very good medication, but you just need to use them in consultation with your dermatologist because don't get it over the counter because I know in some countries you can get it over the counter. Um, just come in and we'll prescribe it and we'll manage you and have you use it appropriately so you don't have any side effects.
1: Okay, so that's, that could even result in, you know, the opposite effect, unevenness mm-hmm. and a worse mm-hmm. condition. So that's great advice. Do you want to answer that question, Dr. Kula?
0: Sorry, let's see. Do you have any advice against spa treatments such as benzoyl peroxide to avoid sun induced hyperpigmentation or should I use sunscreen on that? Okay, so you should always, always, always use sunscreen. <laughs> that should be, there is no skincare routine without sunscreen, guys. Always, always, and it should be put on as a last step on your morning skincare routine. And the good thing about sunscreen, that is something that I want to kind of make clear here. So unless you are going outside, um, always in the sun, usually if you're somebody who stay indoors, um, one application is okay. Because that's something that I get a lot from my own family they say that, oh, I'm not going outside, I don't need sunscreen. But I tell you, mom, you're in the kitchen, there's a huge window right here. You're getting <laughs> sun exposure, so you do need sunscreen. And usually, if you're someone who's sitting inside, you only need that one application, because I know sometimes one of the bigger factors from patients from using it is the fact that they have to reapply um, every two hours. And yes, with sun exposure, you do need every two hours for appropriate coverage so that you can get the rated SPF under bottle that you get. Spa treatment, oh fine, you can use spa treatment. Okay, wrong in that um, benzoyl peroxide, it should help, like, if you have um, the acne spot, if you're talking with, like, post-inflammatory hyperpigmentation, it should help you um, with that. And, um, but usually, if you're going to use, like, a chemical exterior, I usually recommend over the whole face again, because you want to have that even skin tone. Great question. Thank you for yeah. asking. Uh, okay. And for laser hair removal, I usually <laughs> recommend getting it when I sit in office, bio-dermatologist, cause I know there are a lot of methods that actually do um, laser hair removal. And I've seen a lot of uh, complications from um, from it, especially if you're skin of color because um, the laser needs to be titrated to you. Um, so I would recommend you see like a, uh, Dermatologist or cosmetic dermatologists, and they can help you with the laser hair removal.
1: Interesting question. I see another one rolling in about preventing buildup from sunscreen if you have to keep reapplying every two hours if you're out and about. So yes, yeah, so, so that's a good question.
0: It actually raises a now controversial topic um, in skincare and that's the idea of double cleansing. So yeah. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So basically one of the, if you are during the summer, if I go to the beach and I'm reapplying my sunscreen every two hours, I agree. Um, Sometimes you, you feel like your skin is not clean enough. Um, so usually on those days where I, I'm a, if I go to the beach and I put it on every two hours, then I use double cleansing and my skin is very sensitive. So I use micellar water and my favorite micellar water is from Bioderma. So I basically use that. To remove the first layer of dirt from my skin and then use my CeraVe cleanser um, at the bottom of that and um, another thing that you can do if you don't want to use micellar water you can just wash twice. that's another.
1: okay so to prevent that build up yeah also I don't know if you recommend this Dr. Kula but I know the brand Color Science has <laughs> that brush on sunscreen that could be a good reapplication especially during COVID when we're washing our well we should be washing your hands but you know we're just more conscientious of germs <laughs> yeah no i agree and also i'm glad you brought
0: that up <laughs> so also is then as a very good one also i use the Isden one and it's like basically yeah. a little brush on you just like um pull it down and you shake it off and then you have your sunscreen and you apply so that's really good also and that's why um um, I love the brush on because, like you said, I don't want to touch my hand. I don't yes. want to and everything. You don't want to touch your hand, touch your face, unless you go wash your hand before the application. So now you have this little brush. And the Color of Science, I've yet to try it, but I've heard great thing about it. And the eastern one is also amazing uh
1: dr kula would you like to give us kind of where a summary of where we can find you what content where people should follow you what channels tell us everything shameless plug
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you so basically i am on instagram and um i started it um during covid um, because during covid i realized i was spending a lot of time home um Mm -hmm. and also we couldn't go anywhere. So my best way to connect with Google was um, social media. So that's when I um, joined Instagram. And then I, and being on there, I saw all the misinformation that were on there from a lot of people, but they were well-intentioned advice, but they just didn't have the right um, information. Um, So then I just felt like maybe I can contribute in a small way. So that's when I created um, this account, The Cool Derm. And um, it's basically a site where I will post everything about skincare, only the the, uh, facts. And I will also address the controversies on 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 that site. And then every month um, I do a cold skin series um, where I interviewed um, different dermatologists who are expert in the field, and they can come in and answer any question or topic that you guys request for me to um, do for you guys. And that's usually fun and I save that in my um, TV so you can go back and re-watch
1: um, all the um, old series if you, in case you missed it. And you will definitely be seeing more uh, from Dr. Kula at our Beauty Unknowns channel and again, her routine is listed on beautyunknowns.com.
0: And all also, right. I am
1: going to say you guys should follow
0: Beauty Unknown because unlike my page, you want to get my opinion. They bring <laughs> you every dermatologist's opinion. And one thing we all know in dermatology, um, there is not an exact science. So different people can be... Uh, different dermatologists can be right doing the same, managing the same thing. So it's good to know like the different options out there, and they have an amazing um, list of dermatologists on on that join the um, Beauty Unknown. So follow them so that you can keep up um, with um, who's who and what's out there.
1: Thank you, Dr. Kula. Thank you so much. We're so grateful for your time, and everyone, thank you for joining. Thanks for joining us on today's episode. If you like what you hear, share our podcast with a friend. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to our podcast if you haven't done so already. Remember, our team is here to cure your skincare confusion. So definitely check out our other content. A list of products we mentioned on today's episode can be found on our skincare routines page at beautyunknowns.com. We're also on Instagram at beautyunknowns where we interact with followers daily. We are here for you and we're excited you're listening and taking steps towards healthier skin.